understand about you just one that's amazing well other things i learned that like oh okay as i learn you more and i understand you more it makes more sense this or that or whatever but your dislike for harry potter is just so well i think i need to clarify it i don't have a dislike for harry potter for children i think it's a good book for children to start learning how to read long lengthy books i think it's good for kids to to get used to the idea of reading emotionally complex stories. What I have a problem with is the love affair by adults. Why? What's your beef against that? It doesn't carry into adulthood. The books are poorly written. They're really poorly written. She, and you can see there's like this whole theory of her Hermione shift where basically by book four, because the movie Hermione was becoming so popular, she made it Hermione in the lead. If you start reading it, Harry Potter kind of takes a, a back step to everything Hermione does through books like four through seven. Also, Harry Potter, what a dick. Like, you know you have to go fight Voldemort and the best thing you can learn is Expelliarmus, like whatever. Like, you don't learn any other shit. You refuse to take clemency or whatever it's called with Snape because I didn't think him. He's a mean teacher. Like, Harry Potter, you suck balls, all right? You've got the weight of the world on your shoulder, and you're being a dickhead, caring about your little dickhead stuff when you're supposed to save the world. I know, lots of pressure, but maybe, I don't know, get off your high horse. Also, which leads me to believe her original plan, I think, was for Neville to truly be the one, the boy, the chosen one. And I think she backed out at the last minute. And I think it should have been Neville in the end. Like, I think well, he should have been the one. Neville shows his courage and becomes the one that really, truly saves the world in the end. Because if he was the only one who had the courage to, to kill Nagini. Yeah. And if Nagini hadn't died, but I then think, it would have never ended. I think ultimately Neville's story is more interesting. And she farted out on him. She made Ron this horrible character. When the true... So there's tropes that exist, Right. In a lot of um, in a lot of literature, but I'm going to use Star Trek because it's the easiest one to have in my mind. Like right now, it's the first one that pops up. Which so I you've know got about. well, you've got Kirk. You know these names like Kirk, and then Bones McCoy, the Doctor, and then Spock, his first, right? Okay. So Spock is logic. He is the head. McCoy represents emotions and the heart. He's very emotional. Okay. Very much about doing the right thing, even if it's against the prime director. So that's Hermione and Ron. Yes, and Kirk is the person who has to filter all that information to make the proper Harry. choice. And Kirk is the example for all humanity where we have to debate between head and heart. So they're really, they're having these live debates between the three of them so okay. that you see where as a person you're going to sometimes lean towards the head, sometimes you're going to lean towards the heart, but why you make these decisions. In Harry Potter, she drops the ball on Ron real fast. Ron is supposed to be the heart. But that's your, that's what you said, supposed to be. Like, why can't she, why does it have to always have those Because three? the heart would never, why? Because that's how she decided to set up the trope. If you had done another trope, which is more of the Lord of the Rings style, where you have Sam, the faithful friend who is there to be the counterpoint to all the negativity of, um, I can't remember his name, Frodo, to be able to be the counterpoint to him. So you have a mirror of what it's supposed to be in terms of, all that is good with all that is bad that is happening in turmoil inside of Frodo. So Sam is the anchor. Then you have that trope, which is where it kind of turns to in the last book with Hermione 
I don't know, kind of being it. But when you when you switch this midway, your writing can't match it. Like yeah, you have I don't to. Well, no, she it. switched it midway. I think Ron was always kind of the faithful one, except when he abandons them. Yeah, I, that's why I think I like it because you realize that everyone, regardless, is human and they have their faults, and everyone thinks about themselves, and that there's this growth that goes through it. That he comes back and is like miserable about it and how he screwed up and you know like there's no I don't because I don't think that's true to his character a character who is willing to sacrifice his life over a boy he's known for a few months in the first book when he he goes and he's willing to play this chess game yeah but enough's enough man (laughs) I just I think it's poorly written I think when you look and you analyze it you go you know Harry Potter causes a lot of damage. He got rid of a lot of futures. He caused a lot of issues. This is where I think you and I differ a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It's because you're right. It is a children's, like it is a young adult book. It is not like an adult book. So why are you analyzing it like it is an adult book? Because it's not, you know? So I can bypass, well, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff you just said. But (laughs) in my head, I'm kind of going, this is my escape. Yeah. You know, this is this is a world that I can get into that allows me to forget that I have a special needs son that's always going to be constantly having them to be advocated for. And I can forget about the meltdowns that Lexi has because of the trauma that she has. I can just have a world that makes sense where good does conquer evil and where, you know, there is growth and there is all this stuff that she can look at and humor and all those things in it. But in the end, I just got to escape my life. Yeah. And it's a easy way to escape my life. And it's a positive way yeah so i mean i think that there's books like like my son is reading harry potter for the third time and i told him this is done you need to move to a different series at this point because it's cute it's fine when you were 11 but you're 13 now and you need to start reading more complex books which i understand the idea of having wanting them to grow but the idea also of like this could be his escape it's also too okay so i've also become very anti like marketing (laughs) And oh, like it's for sure it's got media marketing. pushing. So uh, a few years ago, we went to Walt Disney World and we spent a ton of money for nine days at Walt Disney World. And in the middle of spending that ton of money and we were standing there and I'm drinking an overpriced beer in Epcot in Germany, I had the realization for under half of what I spent spending nine days at Walt Disney World, I could have spent nine days in Germany. Yeah. You know, how much better would my life have been? And now I've become very heightened and aware of how much mass media and marketing and IP licensing is being pushed on my kids 24 7 oh completely and harry potter is another one of those things that i go i'm sick of this i'm sick of seeing 40 year old people in robes wagging their wands in a theme park like grow up a little bit do it with with star trek and and i think it's a little creepy like i'm not i don't dress up in star trek uniforms and like walk around i love the shows i love analyzing them but i don't I don't obsess. I don't go like, well, if I have to take this quiz to find out what branch of Starfleet I would be in, like, who the fuck cares? I'll be whatever uh-huh. I fucking want, you know? Like, I don't give a shit. And I, I just have that Potter problem with Potter in that it feels like it's keeping people immature. And I know people will disagree vehemently, and that's fine, but I don't like it. I don't like how all this merchandise is being pushed on people 24-7. And that's really where my problem with adults liking it is is that you see these people in robes that cost 
$150. Oh, yeah. Wands that cost $75. The NFL jerseys are the same way. NFL jerseys, yeah, each one of those costs like $120. I don't like NFL either. We went to either. the LA Galaxy, <laughs> and it was like they wanted a, a jersey, and the kid's jersey was $95, and the adult one was $149. Yeah. I was like, what? So it's across all things. It's not yeah. just like Potter. Yeah. It's like no, I get everywhere. And, and trust me, I'm very much like Bobby and I are, are very much changing our approach in life and and what we want to do and what we want to spend our money on with the kids. Like, uh, for instance, this year we're going to Utah for Thanksgiving. Like, we'll just go to Utah, go to Salt Lake City, see huh? what's there. Um, you know, and next year I think we're gonna go to Minnesota. Like, I think that's where we've decided. But we're also looking to plan a whole family trip for whole uh, Hawaii over Christmas to New Year's because. I've always wanted to spend Christmas in Hawaii. Why not? And my kids are perfectly willing to not have any presents because they know they're going to get what they need. They know that they're not going to get presents, but that if they need a new pair of pants, they're going to get a new pair of pants. Like yeah. there's certain, and the truth is they're going to get presents in Hawaii. Like no, there's no they're way. not going to be crazy big gifts, but they're still going to get their socks and their underwear. And they're of still going to probably get some treats and candy and the cereal or something they like because I can buy that in Hawaii. No problem and wrap it and put it under the tree. So they're still going to get their things. They're still right. going to get things that they love. But they're like, I'd rather just go spend a week in Hawaii. Oh, we're all about experiences yeah. over gifts. The grandparents started giving them experiences. My yeah. mom pays for the zoo pass or yeah. the uh, Long Beach Aquarium pass every single year. And my mother-in-law paid for dance lessons and is now doing like the highlights books and stuff. They get experiences versus things. A lot. Totally. And, and we're the same way. I mean, for their birthday, they get a daddy date, a big daddy date going to the Nutcracker or to like ice skating or something with dad. I take them to Disneyland and they do get one gift there. But they don't. Yeah. They don't. Jackson's the only one who gives them a gift. <laughs> yeah. So experiences over crap every single time. But you can like Harry Potter and not get into all that. No, I, I still, I we still think it's bad. don't and own really anything Harry Potter. Well, I have one sweater that I got for Christmas. From Ivan. And then I have a, a two Harry Potter mugs. Yeah. And then I got the free, because I know people mm -hmm. who had or worked in PR, um, Holly, actually, uh, Harry Potter ones. Like, we have not spent any money on any of the Harry Potter. It doesn't make it Well, not that's like only, it. like, part two of why I dislike Harry Potter. The other one is uh, J.K. Rowling needs to stop writing. Like, she needs to stop. Her whole Pottermore stuff where she's retconning her own stories or this most recent update where before muggle pipes became part of hogwarts but wizards and witches would just go wherever and evaporate the stuff away you're like okay. really she's no tolkien, tolkien. listen tolkien? you couldn't tolkien. come up with magic chamber pots like come on was it that hard jk and then here's the thing. This is what makes me so mad don't tell me a fucking owl with a letter is faster than a text message like Fucking text me. Don't send me an owl with your stupid ass letter. That's going to take forever, okay? Like, I don't have time. And all these things that are supposed to be so cool about the wizarding world, it's like, I don't know, guys. I think technology's kind of cooler. You gotta stop thinking, Heather, and just enjoy it. Like, it's not but meant to be, like, deconstructed. I'll tell you why you deconstruct it. It's because she spends so much time, she didn't think about this, with her muggle hate that, you know, making that the crux of the book that this muggle hatred and everything that you're like, well, but that doesn't make sense because muggles have some pretty amazing shit. Like, I know you're all about your broomsticks, 
Uh, but like, can broomsticks really go faster than airplanes? And I know you're all about your port keys, but somebody's got to put that port key there to begin with. So somebody had to take a long ass journey to get there. Like it doesn't, like there's some pretty cool things that muggles have come up with, like your pipes in your bathroom that you have giant basilisks living in, you know, like maybe invent something cooler. Like there's a movie out there called The Worst Witch. It's, I love it. It's bad. It's terrible. But in it, one of the witches has like a landline phone, like the ones that you would put on the wall with the cord, but it's like strapped to her broom, right? As if to be like, look, when I'm flying around on my broom, I can take oh, a phone funny. call. And I'm like, yeah, at least they came up with an idea of like how you would get technology out and about in the world. Like Jake is like, no, no cell phones. Wizards don't want to use it. Also, what a sad world. Wizards don't have TV or movies. They got like one band. They don't have theater. Like what a boring ass world to live in. <laughs> Sorry, it's boring. Oh, we have Quidditch. Okay, what other sports? Quidditch and Quidditch. Great. What can we do for fun during recess? Quidditch. Like come up with some other shit in your life to do. It's so boring. The reason the Weasley brothers had such a hit with their little gag shop is because for once there were things for kids to do. Like, oh, I can give myself the pukes. I can give myself a bloody nose. At least something interesting will happen with my life. Also, what bad parents. <laughs> if there are other schools in the world. if there's, We know there's another school in the UK. There's three. Because uh, I, I know there's at least one. We know for sure there's two because of the yeah. Triwizarding Cup. Well, uh, no, no, those are in the world. But we know in the UK there's another one because Draco in the first book talks about how his parents thought about sending him to some other school, which is not part of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, Drumstrong. No, it wasn't Drumstrong. Yeah, it was. Well, whatever it is. Like, you parents suck. You send your kids to a school where, like, bad shit's happened before and now everybody knows bad shit's going to happen again. You're like, well, I'm sure they're going to be fine. They're safe there. Not really. And then kids are getting picked off left and right. You got like a bully squad. The who's the one Underwood or what's her name? The pink lady. <laughs> All the pink stuff comes Umbridge. in. Umbridge. Like, who doesn't go like, hey, um, I think I'm gonna pull my kids out this year and homeschool them. And you're like, I don't really think this is for me. <laughs> like, you look at it and you go, there's a lot of like witches are bad parents. Witches are just like it's it's not the kind of world I would rather live in my muggle world with my muggle technology than with you crazy bad people over here. Okay. <laughs> my problem. All right. I just think it's funny that you know way, like you know a lot and you researched a lot. Like I haven't even touched Potter World. Like that's not in oh, my Oh, Pottermore? Head. The only reason I have it is because it pops up in my Twitter feed when people start talking about it. And my friend who loved Harry Potter for a while. And then here's the other thing. Remember, I worked on a po uh, project for Harry Potter for a long time, which if you sit there and you look and you watch these movies. Oh, I didn't and know movies, that. Yeah, I worked on um, the Leavesden Studio Tour in the UK. I okay. was one of the coordinators on it. When you're surrounded by Potter for so long and you're constantly rewatching it and rereading it and analyzing it, you suddenly go like, "See, this oh, makes this, more this, sense this, now. This is shit. This makes lots more sense now. Maybe I retract what I first said in the beginning. Now what? I understand why you don't like Potter because you had to work on it. It's totally different when you're oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay now, Heather. I love you, and you can not like Harry Potter, and I'll still like it." And I'll probably never take it to the extremes that some of these other people take it. And I'll never take really anything to the extremes. I don't have time for that shit. I don't have time to have a passion. But yeah, I, I okay. We're good. <laughs> You're listening to the Mother Effin Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Draguleski. We talked about Harry Potter. Yeah, we did. What does that mean?
It means the time has come for me to sein and go out into the world. <laughs> Mother Evan podcast is not ending. People should know that first and foremost. No, it's not. However, there's going to be a big change. Yes. One that I am so mixed emotion about that I'm going to already cry. Okay. <laughs> Don't cry. So mm-hmm. I'll let you say it. I am leaving the podcast. I am moving on to other projects and other things that have come up. Um, when I started this podcast a year ago with Patty, it actually was idea two. It wasn't the first idea that I had for a podcast. This whole thing came out with like a competition. Do you remember? There's like a competition for podcasts and you had to like send them a sample of what your podcast would be like. And then they would pay to like produce you for the first yes. six. So the first idea we had, we we're like, well, that's, that's too hard. And I don't think you loved it. Um, scratch that. This was always my idea. What? Your idea was to do the variety kind of show for kids, like a yeah, right? A podcast yeah. for kids that would have so many elements to it, which was sounded amazing. But I immediately said that sounds like a lot of work. It does. And so this one, the original intent that I felt was behind it was it was going to be a show, a podcast about comedy and how our mothering reflected in that comedy. And we were going to get other comedians who had been adopted and use their mm-hmm. hard stories. And I just felt over time, it kind of moved away from comedy and had moved more to just being about mothering, which is fine. But that wasn't interesting to me anymore. It wasn't where I felt the podcast was supposed to go. And I didn't feel I could support this podcast as much in a way that you needed with me not being as invested as I should be. So I didn't want to take away from anything that you were doing and the good work that you were bringing. I was like, I should step away. And let Patty just sort of, because you love it. You love where it is and what it's doing and where it's going. I do. And for me, it was like, it's just not the thing that was shining bright in in my vision at that point. And we had done a thing where I had done two weeks worth, set them to go, and spent two weeks not working on the podcast. Twice, remember? Uh, It was in June and then again for the Burbank Comedy Festival. And in each of those two weeks, I didn't think about the podcast at all. And I was focused on other things And when it came time to redo stuff for the podcast, it was like pulling teeth. And I would have to force myself to sit down and do the work I needed to do. And I said, this isn't healthy for for me. It's not healthy for the podcast. The podcast is going to suffer if I'm not giving it 110% every time. And I just decided I'm going to go work on the other things that I think I can give focus to. Well, I saw you also so stretched, Mm -hmm. like trying to do so much. Yeah. And when you're that stretched and you're, you're not become focused and then you mm-hmm. can't accomplish as much as you can accomplish. Yeah. And it seemed like the podcast was the thing that had to go because it was the thing that was sparking the least amount of joy. Yeah. If we're going to marry condo things. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, just being away from your family, I always think of, I do my ma- family math. Mm-hmm. It has to be worth being away from the family and it has to be enough self-care, enough to make it warranted. Yeah. And it seemed like the podcast wasn't doing that for you anymore. And once you pass that line, it then becomes detrimental. It then becomes an obligation. It then becomes more of a stress and a burden. And that's where it was leading towards for you. Well, yeah, I don't want to use the word burden because, you know, I don't like that word because of my mom. But (laughs) it just became one of those things where I got very concerned that not that I was going to resent anyone or anything but that I wasn't going to be able to be as invested as I needed to be. Like there were plans for a rebranding that just fell to the wayside because I just didn't have the time to think about it or focus on it. There were plans to get the, 
the social media back up and running. And even that fell and like more merchandise, like have more options. And that fell to the wayside too. And there were just all these things that I was letting slip through that I said, you know, I, I need to put this in the hands of somebody who's going to make this a priority because I, I wasn't able to. We, we had talked about working it out where you would just do all the editing. I would upload and do all the marketing. And I was like, I just don't even know if I have time for that because of how busy things were getting with comedy a la carte, how busy like I and granted this decision happened when a time I think both in July and August, I did 11 or 12 shows which is not a lot for working comedians, but for us, that's a huge amount of shows. I don't think I've ever done 11 shows in a month. Yeah. There were weeks where I only had a day off. I would go a full, like three and then three, like three, one day off, three, then have a couple days off and another show. And that was really hard. Yeah. To be, you know, and, but I also realized that's really what I wanted to be doing. So I needed to be able to shift my focus in other places to be able to do that. Well, your plan goal is to open a theater and run Comedy yeah. Lockhart from that and have not just stand-up comedy, but a variety show and yeah, improv, improv and maybe even some theater productions. Like, yeah. you want to have your own theater. Yes. And that's and kind a of, podcast doesn't fit into that. No, not in this style. Um, I will be working on the podcast that was my first idea, which is the variety show. Um, but that one is going to be a whole different beast. And as I've told you already, we're only doing a pilot. We're doing a pilot. We're going to try to sell it. If people don't want it, then we will not go any further. So it's not going to be something that I'm committing any time of time frame to beyond the pilot episode, unless it gets picked up because then well, I'm getting paid to produce this show. Well, and you can just be the talent and not necessarily all the editing mm -hmm. and all that other stuff, yeah. which is different. Which is the hardest part of the podcast, which is the editing. People don't realize how much time goes into doing a podcast yeah. well. Mm -hmm. You can do a podcast and have it be crappy. But doing a podcast and doing it well in the sense of wanting to market it right yeah. and wanting to edit correctly and doing that, it takes time. Yeah. It's not just let's just sit here and record and shit the breeze, which is what we do <laughs> half the time. But then we have the time where we are on our computer and yeah, we're editing we're and we're doing other things to it. So it's a lot more time consuming than people yeah. realize. And this is not what you want to spend your time on. No. And then, and as I said, with the other podcast, if it got picked up, Someone I would not be doing do editing. Yeah. I would not be doing the editing. I would not be doing any of that. It would be just the creative for it. Which is with the fun part. Yeah. And the part that I would want to do. And I wouldn't even do the marketing. They would do the marketing. They would get the, you know, advertisers, everything. So it's a long shot. Is there a good possibility that podcast will only have a really nice pilot that I can use as part of my demo reel? Absolutely. <laughs> like I fully am aware that that's as far as it may go. But I want to focus on that. Um, I do want to focus on this stand-up. My goal is next year to film my stand-up special, which I can release. I found out by myself on Amazon Prime, so I'm not waiting for nobody. I'm just going to do it myself. And, you know, I've started to pick up some other production work for just to make money at home because i got to make some money. And then I have various locations interested in Comedy a la carte doing shows there. I'm starting to get people asking me to do pop-up shows for birthday parties. Um, my kids' school asked me about doing a show for them as a fundraiser. So there's a lot of stuff circulating around the stand-up and something had to give. And this is what had to give for me. I get it. Mm -hmm. It sucks for me. I'm not going to lie. I like know. we have a good banter. It was fun. It was I'll be good back. Stuff. I'm going to invade one uh, day. Excuse me. It is my <laughs> podcast and you're not allowed to bulldoze into my podcast. I don't now. know. I know where you live. I know where you, <laughs> I know where you record. <laughs> it was interesting though. Yeah. Cause I went to Chris and said, it was my idea that she quit, and she did. <laughs> I was like, okay, probably should have thought that through, but I was really thinking about you as a friend, yeah, not as a podcaster. 
And I think you, know. you just beat me to the punch because I was coming in ready that day to talk about leaving as well. Which was kind of, yeah. You told me Sunday we come up with the plan and then that Friday you quit. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, we didn't even try the plan. Yeah. Okay. But I told Chris, and yeah. before I could even get a line out, he said, you need to keep doing it. Yeah. And I went, okay. I was thinking of doing it still. I'm glad I have your, <laughs> like your support behind it. So it's going to look different. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I do have a, another co-host in mind that mm-hmm. has agreed to do it. We, I'm thinking more maybe having someone every six months come in. Yeah, that'll be that fun. That we change the perspective around. Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you who we have because it's a surprise, but, you know, that person has a different story and a different thing, and mm-hmm. we can look at that perspective for a while. And then after six months, change it again. Maybe we get a dad on the podcast. And yeah. Be the mother up in podcast with a dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and get that perspective for a while. Like, who who knows where it's going to go, what's it going to do, how long it's going to last? Because the same thing may happen to me, you know? Like, this has to be worth it, and right now, it yeah. completely is. Right yeah. now, I see the value in doing it for me as therapy. I see the value in it. I see it as my life being able to, you know, make people feel not alone, which is my goal in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And just letting people know that like, hey, I had these shitty thoughts too. And I know you yeah. do, but we're not allowed to say it. So I'm going to say it on the air. So that way you can be like, thank you, Patty, for saying yeah. that. Because it just is what it is. And I want to be a, an advocate for foster and adoption and also special needs kids and just motherhood in general. So there's still so much more that I can do with this podcast. Yeah. And we have some big names that we're hopefully going to get in the studio as well. So we'll we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. where it goes and what's happening. So it's not ending. No. It's just changing. Yeah. And I feel like I just had run out of things to say. You? <laughs> no. You yeah. have an opinion about everything, Heather. There will be but- never a day where you run out of things to say. Well, I just felt like at the time, what more can I say about the kids? Like Bella finally agreed to trauma therapy. Hooray. Which means once she starts, three months will be fine. At month three, shit's going to hit the fan for a few months while she goes through her narrative. Uh, And then hopefully she comes out a better person on the other side. Ooh, though, can I do a side thing? I forgot to mention this to you. Uh, I was talking to her Eric's counselor at school. Eric's is for... Um, educational something. I don't know what it stands for. But basically, it's like the really intense kids, right? And she was calling me to tell me how she was going to drop Bella from Eric's and move her into the regular psychological counseling at school. Totally fine. Like, we had a long conversation about how Bella does not meet the requirements anymore for Eric's. Okay. And she said, Bella mentioned what happened to your mom this year. And I said, oh, okay. I said, yeah, I think it affected her. Um, I think she saw similarities between my mom and her birth mom. She's like, yeah, I think in talking with Bella and everything that happened, Bella said when she was in foster care, her birth mom picked her stepdad over her, but she watched you pick her over your birth mom. Wow. And she had a whole revelation of I'm so worthwhile that she's willing to give up her birth family for me. And that's why Bella's attitude has kind of changed dramatically with me. Wow. So in a way, I want to say thank you to my mom for <laughs> that's <laughs> this huge. moment. Yeah. She's like, I think that's what happened. Like, she didn't say those exact words, but the way Bella was describing yeah. it, she goes, I think she feels like you picked her. And you like did. you chose her. And I did, yeah. So, I mean, Bella's going to have this exciting journey, which is going to drive me nuts. And Of course. I'll, get, it's, it's, I'll probably try harder. to murder her a few times. I might call in finally. Hey, we'll <laughs> get someone to call in. <laughs> Let you know what's going on. And then Tony, I don't know. He's a teenage boy. That just drives me nuts. And I just, I'll figure it out. I don't, well, after Bella gets going, my attention is going to very rapidly turn to Tony. So he better 
Uh-oh. Be thankful for the days he has of blissful ignorance. If he listens to your podcast, yeah. this be warned. Yeah. This is coming. it. It's coming. And then Anna's doing great. She's doing well in school. She, on the first day of school, got up and she's like, my name is Anna Dragulescu and I was adopted. I was in foster care for three years and I was in a terrible foster home. My parents' birth parents were awful. But now I live in a great home with my new adopted parents and I love them and I love Dolly Parton. I went to Dollywood. And her teachers are just charmed and in love with her. And she's a bitch because she's going through hormones right now. Oh, so when she, when she when she's in one of her moods, I, I will tell you, I found the best way to um, you're going to think this is terrible, but it's so funny and it works every time. So she was she's literally like, you never make that, 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 like whatever she's arguing about. doesn't matter. Like, I never want to take my shot. I never, never, never. Whatever she's decided, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll start antagonizing her to get her more upset. And then I'll be like, yeah, you know what I think? And she's like, what? I'm like, I think you have a really cute face. And she's like, oh. And like stops her. But you got to build her up a little bit more before you can drop her really fast. And then she'll calm down a little bit. Uh, And you can get her calm at that point. But she's, oh, she's just a pain in my ass sometimes. But she's vocal. She's a pain in my ass because she is vocalizing exactly how she feels. And it's not just screaming and yelling. Like, she's giving you her analysis of why she's in the mood that she's in. It's wrong. You know, when she's like, I don't feel that I need to take my shower now because I took my shower third yesterday, which means that today Tony took his shower first so bella should take it second and i can take it third again because if bella had taken her i'm like you're giving me some weird ass analysis (laughs) but i appreciate it i appreciate that there's thought behind it but i don't like it and you're wrong and you're gonna go take your shower now (laughs) so go um but i i love that about her i love that she's like she's just she's thinking there's critical thinking involved even if it's wrong and even if it's driving me nuts She's going to be fine. She's, she's going to be a bulldozer. She's my mini-me. Oh, no. So I can That's see good, it. That's good, though. Yeah. Then she's she's going to be great. Um, And I'm getting rocking the mom thing. Like, damn, I'm making them breakfast every morning. I'm making them a nutritious lunch that they're eating. I'm making dinner at night. Like, what the? F- <laughs> I think you found a good balance now that your mom's gone. Like, you can be the yeah. mom that you want to be. That yeah. fits your personality as well. And it's like you're being gentler in your own way. Yeah. And loving and caring and being their mom. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Like, we went to the beach this last weekend because September is my favorite time for beaches because tourists are gone. Oh, yeah. The weather is still beautiful. Oh, yeah. The water feels great. Yep. And there are parking spots. Because no one's there. No one's there. So we went to Malibu at like 1130 on a Sunday. Perfect spot right next to the, what is it, lifeguard tower. We're there until 430 when the tide just started to really creep into where we were at. I'm like, it's time to go. I'm not going to pick everything up and move it back 20 feet. You know, I'm going to go home now. But we were there for like five hours. I loved it. And they had a great time. And we left everything in the car because we're like, well, let's go back this weekend. Though I don't know how it's going to be this weekend. It's like 71 degrees right now planned for Saturday. So I'm like, it might be nippy. We might want to take a sweater. <laughs> we may not be getting in the water. <laughs> so they love it. And they love to catch sand crabs and build sand castles. Oh, we and... go to the beach every week during the summer sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Like I just hate it during the it. summer. It's too hot and too crowded. I love it. I, I love I could leave the beach every day. If my kids could stay out of the water, I would still take them. <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I can take them in September, and we usually go yeah. at least once and twice in September. School usually kicks our ass, so we usually don't get too much time yeah. in. But it, they're like, why can't we go in October? We promised them to get in the water. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. 
not a promise you can keep, so you probably shouldn't make it. Yeah. Because they just, they will, yeah. only Don't. my feet. I tripped. Well, she's wet, so I'm going to get wet. And yeah. then Jackson's like in it. So it's yeah. like, I can't have you die of hyperthermia. Like, I love <laughs> you. So that's why we can't go. Because our yeah. kids can't control themselves not to get in the water. Usually, uh, when we go to the beach, that when it's non-hospitable weather, we go to one of those beach areas where it's really just walking around on piers. Like, where did we go this last time? I can't remember. But I don't remember seeing like a legitimate beach. It was too rocky down to the water. Um, but you could walk. There's like all these boats in this loading dock area, and there's an arcade on the pier, and there are all these really cool restaurants. So we just stopped, had something to eat, hung out, looked at the fishermen fishing. You know. Yeah. Walked around a bit. They watched a sea urchin be served to somebody like cut open live and guy just dig into it and they're like, oh no. That's cool. So the it was just fun. I love that. Yeah. So there, I will walk around. I love the beach. That's I, when we go to San, we go to Monterey. Yeah. Is Monterey up there? It's colder. So then they don't even think oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a big walking area and it's good. Stuff. Yeah. It's, Monterey's beautiful. All area. right. Back to our first year. Yeah. So you're gone. Yep. Bye. <laughs> but you're not gone yet. No. So what did you like the best about this year? Let's reminisce. It's been one year. I liked getting to know you more because remember in this first year of this podcast, it was really our, almost our first year of knowing each other. I think it had been like six months that we had known each other when we started it. So it was a year of getting to know you and getting to know all about you and fun things that way. That's one of my fears though, is that we're not going to get to talk all the time. <laughs> we'll still like, see each other. Look, yeah. I called you on the way over here just to tell you I was running late and we ended up having a 45 minute conversation. Talking is not the problem. <laughs> I know, but you're going to be so busy with your stuff, and then I'm going to be busy with my stuff, and it's going to be like, we haven't seen each other in weeks. Oh, we'll go back to Lancer's and have a terrible breakfast. Oh, that sucked. That place is, like, cute, and I want it to be our place, yeah, but then it wasn't, it wasn't our, our place. place. No. Anyways, um, I do hope that we continue doing the web series that we yeah. want to do, because I really want to do that. I have big plans for that as well. I know, but it's just different when we have a set time that we sure. see each other every single Wednesday. It's just nice. And it's it like is. therapy. Like we talk beforehand <laughs> and then we get on the podcast and talk some more. Yeah. So I'm going to miss that. You can so. always call me on your way over to the podcast. That's true. Actually, Actually, check in. <gasps> I was supposed to call someone else. <laughs> see. My bad. Sorry, Teresa. Um, she doesn't listen. She doesn't know how. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So getting to know me. That's a good one. I like that one. I think it was also getting to know myself because I think as we talked and we talked to other people and you really do figure out just being a foster dot parent is kind of shitty for everyone in some way. Yeah. Like we all have our story. We all have our really rough days. And that makes it more bearable to know that. And uh, it was really great not to cry a single time in the whole year. You have, Could I've, not I, although, break me down. I did see you. I heard. I didn't see you. cry. I heard you cry once. So that was that was good enough for you. But nobody else did. No one else did. It was over the phone. We Um, swear it happened. I I can verify it. It did. And I have Bobby to prove. Yeah. Won't lie. Yeah. I like hearing the stories of everyone and seeing Mm -hmm. their perspective and whatnot of what everyone's gone through and all sides. And that's not going to stop. Like I still have grand plans for getting therapists in that have dealt with trauma kids and getting teachers in that are mm-hmm. how they do the trauma in the classroom and getting counselors in and a CASA, um, yeah. someone who was a CASA was going to come in. So there's still lots of stuff. Yeah. The adoption and foster aspect isn't going to And I'm still sending well. comedians your way. I just met another one who was adopted out of foster care when he was six. I'm in. And has a whole set on that. So And I have someone who's going to do, I don't want, I shouldn't tell all these no. things. I don't, no plans. There's no. plans. <laughs> but that's fun having that interview. Yeah. 
Um, I love the banter that we have. Like, I yeah. feel like we're such different personalities that it was Very so much, much fun to like banter back and forth with you. I think that's what was nice for a lot of people to just see two people who have, I think, very different ways of parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, but Although still, you're coming towards my way. How am I coming towards your way? You are. Okay. You're going to have to fill me in later because I don't <laughs> see it. I see myself as still bulldozing no matter what. Well, you, you said so yourself. You used to say they, their goal was to have them be all independent. And now you realize that there are certain things that they can still be independent. Oh, that's, in, but that's the, the goal eventually. Like, I want them out of the house. But I think they're, oh, they're no, not going to be out at 18. I'm going to have to accept at 26. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm giving them eight more years. That's good for you. I'm glad. You're yeah. Them, you, right, give them a full 18 in the house. Ugh. That's what you would yeah. have had. Yeah, that's you know? true. So it's like, meh. But now let's move that. Let's let's make them like savants or something. Like geniuses and be like, you can leave in 16 years. That's okay. It's just going to depend. Like Bella, I think when I first started this podcast, I was in a bad place with Bella. You, you've, got, you've grown so much yeah. with Bella. And it was a bad place for both of us on both ends. And we had to do a lot of work to get to where we are today. We're not where we need to be, but it's a lot better. She like kissed me goodbye the other day. And I was like, Ooh, like, <laughs> not grossed out, but like, what, what's happening? Are you going to stab me? Like, I don't know. I've still got my natural reaction of like fear. And she still has really bad days and she still does really not great things, but it's coming around. She's definitely brighter in the sense that her eyes do you know what I mean yeah. like when I look at her eyes they don't look darting and scared and dull like I'll still see that happen when she's in a situation she doesn't like when she feels uncomfortable but often like at dinner she'll just light up and start talking about something I feel like that's where you had the most growth with yeah. was you and Bella's I remember when we were talking in the very first episode yeah. when we were I think it was like episode three where is your episode of what your story was yeah episode six but <laughs> I don't know the You're the one who numbered them. I'll know them in the future because I'll be numbering them now. <laughs> but I remember that episode six. Yeah. Just wanting this thinking. And I remember saying, you know, my my hopes and goals and dreams and prayer for you is that you and Bella have this amazing relationship and that you're able to bond and y'all love through it all. And it's, you're going towards there. And I totally yeah. think, but I think well, also going to be stronger than you and your birth mom. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I think that a lot of it comes from bulldozing though and that. I was really accepting of her idea of like, I'm going to be a nail salon artist. I'm going to be a nail tech. And like, look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in it. But I want, I bought her presents for Christmas one year of like a mat where she could practice doing the nail designs, the little nail brush kits and everything. Like I got her stuff to help get her started. And she was terrible. Like she was not, she had no patience for it. She had no real ambition to follow instructions in the book like it was for kids it wasn't for adults it was like make a ladybug design on your fingernail you know yeah it was not complex and she couldn't do the simplest things and I was like this is not a career path for you this is not where you really want to be you think it is because you like your nails being done I like my nails being done but good god if I had to do somebody else's nail I'd probably stab them you know I just don't no, I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I can't do mine and so I think the day that really things started to break was the day I said, no, I'm going to challenge you to push yourself Further. to be better. And I said, I think if we sit here and we do, and I, do you remember this book called What Color Is Your Parachute? No, but you told me about it. Yeah. There's so many out there that's like that. Of well, there's, like what yeah. personality, but character it's like, traits, whatever. It's kind of like the first one. And there's like all these, very, like every year a new version comes yeah, out, right? Yeah, there's 5,000 EFTs and yeah. QRTs and whatever. But in it, it really is about taking where your passions kind of lie and finding the job that's going to match that passion. And I I said, 
you love kids. You lo- and they adore you. And you're really good with kids with special needs. You know, that's why I need you to move to Burbank so I can have another <laughs> But like all these things work together. And I said, Bella, you need to be a special ed teacher. And at the same time this was happening, at the school she was going to, she had two vice principals and a principal that took a big investment in her. That's awesome. And really were working with her. And she's like, do you think if I became a special ed teacher, one day I could become a principal? And I said, yeah, absolutely I do. She's like, well, I want to be a principal one day too. I said, great. So we started working out a plan. We were talking about it the other day too, about what she needs to do and where she needs to go. And I said, look, she's like, well, how long is it going to take to do a bachelor's degree? Like I need to get it done in like four years, right? I'm like, why? What's the rush? So we're working out a plan. We're talking through it. Um, And she realizes, I said, if you start teaching finally after getting your bachelor and your master's and you're like 28, that's fine. You're totally fine. There's no, why is that so bad? It's fine. Start your family at like 30, 32. And then in your 40s, go back for your PhD then. Nothing wrong with being a principal in your 50s. And if she decides that she wants to be in the classroom the whole time, she can decide decide that. That's where she wants to be. She can make, these things are always... It needs to be reevaluated, you know? So take her step by step. That's awesome. I told her, I said, you're going to have to do a lot of education up front. I said, the good news is there is such a need for special ed teachers in California. You're going to get a job so fast. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem. So take your time. Do really well. Learn everything you need to. I think she also wants to have a focus on art therapy for special needs kids. Oh, that'd be amazing. Because she loves art. And I said, this is what you need to do. And just accept you're going to be going to school for a Childhood while. Childhood friend does that. Yeah. She loved art and she loved kids. And mm-hmm. so she was like, this is a good way. And then it makes great money. Yeah. So I'm like, you you have a path that's going to make you happy. And you're going to be able to do work that's going to make you happy and feel fulfilled. It's been fun watching her grow. Yeah. And then it's been also fun. I mean, Anna's always been pretty Spunky. solid. Yeah. But it's been fun just... Kind of seeing her journey, too, of, like, her really getting over the trauma and, like, yeah. taking ownership of it and whatnot. I mean, that gives hopes to so many people, yeah. I feel like. And I don't want a yeah. teenage boy, and I'm going to have <laughs> one with special needs. So that's still a That's going to be fun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, we'll if, if you're in any luck, like mine is, he's just going to become super lethargic and rarely talk. and just He's already grunting. He's already there. I mean, mine doesn't so. talk anyway, so it could, could work. This would be tight. It's sleep? He would sleep? Yeah. What, what, am I, what am I scared about? Yeah. Let him do this. Yeah. I would so. love a kid to sleep. <laughs> oh, crazy. What have you learned in your year? So much, but so... None of it's like tangible, I feel like, in words. <laughs> Great for a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've I've learned to be me a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not the only, like, even though I always feel lonely, I'm not the only one, even though I don't really know any of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> and the ones I do know haven't adopted our special needs kids. So yeah. it's like they listen because they love me kind of stuff. But I think I just become more confident in knowing that like, my story needs to be heard. Yeah. And yes, it's my story unique to me, but there's so many similarities to everyone else that it's like nice to know that I'm making a difference a little bit Mm -hmm. because it makes it easier to go through. Yeah. Like when Jackson's, we've been in our house for less than, we've been in our house for a short period of time Mm -hmm. and he's already broken stuff in the house. (laughs) And I'm just like. Wouldn't be Jackson if he hadn't. Exactly. So we haven't been in our house for long and he's, you know, Jackson's already broken crap. I've learned to be me more and be 
okay with it and that what I'm doing is making a difference and that it helps. It helps me go through in the hard time and it helps other people go through it as well, you know? So it's been nice in that sense. And, you know, honestly, I learned a lot from you of this, how much I can, I'm, how much bulldozing is all right in certain circumstances? <laughs> all of it. All the time. No. All of it is not all the time. But all the time. You know, just where I can be a little bit more firm and like that kind of stuff. Because I, th- I feel like there's not necessarily like one parenting. Like I feel like you need to take on one parenting technique so you're consistent. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's going to morph into what you and your family need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. So you can take some of these things from other people's parenting styles and go, oh, well, that could work here and there. Yeah. You know that. So I've been able to learn that. And you have some great ideas. Like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about these next podcasts because you're the one who travels. You're the one who has an organization of techniques. You're the one who does all these things. Oh. So hopefully there's something for me Speaking to of. do. <laughs> you're going to love talk it. talk about. I think you, did I tell you about this? We're doing the house points. No. We could not get the kids to do chores, even with money or anything. And suddenly we switched it, which is really funny because I hate Harry Potter, to house points. Oh, my goodness. So what? So now when they brush their teeth, we're like, 10 points for Tony. You know, we do a whole thing. But then when they're shitty, I can be like, 100 points taken away from Anna for 10 for tantrums. So they earn house points. And then those house points can be translated into things that they want. And then we have a competitive and a cooperative challenge every week. Okay. So the competitive is like whoever gets the most points gets to pick either they can pick the movie that we watch for movie night, can pick where they want to sit for movie night because that's a big argument in our house. I don't know if it is for yours. Not yet. And uh, Or pick what they eat for movie night, like our dessert. So somebody always gets a choice in the competitive. Like it's not like you're left out of everything. This is what choice you get to do. Yeah, it's just which so one do you So if Anna wins the most... Yeah, she, she's like, okay, well, I want to sit here. And yeah. then the next person who got second gets, can pick to, from the, gets to pick the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody kind of gets to win. It's a very participation trophy thing, but it's like what's your priority level of what you want. That makes sense. Usually it's going to be who picks the movie, but sometimes it might be something else. I thought you picked the movie for movie night. Well, we're going to allow this. I think we're actually the co-op, these challenges we're going to do on a monthly level versus on a weekly because we think that as they cash out stuff, they're going to not have enough for the cooperative. So the cooperative challenge is if you all hit this certain amount total of points, you're going to get this much money. Like each of you gets this much money. Oh, so, so there's like a level. So if they got like 200 points, they get mm-hmm. $10. If they got 500 points, they get $5. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it all has to be totaled together. So if you see somebody slacking, you know, like, hey, Anna, you haven't been brushing your teeth every day. You're, you could be earning points doing this. It's to get them to push each other to earn those points and it's also to push each other to not push each other (laughs) you know like hopefully like you know what I'm not gonna have this argument with you right now because I don't want to lose points for us so the idea is to have a competitive and a cooperative challenge each month and they've already started like really enjoying like how many points would that be mom and then the great thing is I don't have to remember how many points each thing is it's totally based on what I'm feeling in that moment like do you do you actually put the points in like you had the points in your phone it's on a whiteboard I would forget to put the points up yeah that's well, what my problem would be. I told Bobby we should create an app, and I think people would go ape shit for this app. Yeah, this probably one already made though. No, there's not for like a point system in this way. Really? Yeah, maybe there's something, but there's not probably for something what I was ha- Harry Potter related. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm gonna laugh really hard if you're like, I had it down oh, to the Harry well, Potter hat. Ha- Bobby's yes. making them custom shields and they're like their colors to look like the crests for each of the houses. So there's house bear, house monkey, and house bunny, and it's gonna be it's gonna it's pretty cute. 
That is pretty cute. So it's going to be fun. There has to be some kind of app to keep track of points. There's always so. game apps. Yeah. I had games you can keep track of points on games. Oh, that's so true. That's Maybe just, just use a game those. App. I probably was looking for the wrong thing. Yeah, I look at game apps. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the way to keep. There's like Yahtzee game apps mm-hmm. and stuff that you can just keep score on your oh, phone nice. versus like pen and paper. So there has to be something you yeah. can morph into working. But it's fun. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work for me. <laughs> Just as they get older, it's kind that's, of nice. That's what's know? also been fun is that you've been yeah. in this stage a little bit older. So I get all these yeah. ideas of like, oh, we could possibly do that next. Yeah. Oh, we could possibly do this next. Oh, we could do this. You know, so it's like fun having you be in a stage ahead yeah. of me because I get to kind of see what's coming. See what's coming. Get that warning in. Yeah. So what was your favorite episode? There were so many favorite episodes. Nah, that's like, not there an things, answer. I know, but they're like, I loved when Carrie came in. I loved when Marisa came in. Like, I loved all of our interviews. Our interviews were always so much fun. Our interviews were great. And there's quickies that pop out. Like, I love the debate we got in about Chipotle, if it's fast food or not. Like, that <laughs> sticks out in my mind. So it's hard because there was so many good, fun episodes. I think I would go back and redo it if we could. But I think the first one was the most exciting and fun one to do. Because we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. And it sounds terrible. And it has the most hits out of all of our podcast episodes. But... It was kind of the most fun to do because we were so, well, we're going we're gonna to sit on the floor. We're both going to have these lav mics and we're going to hold a box in between the two of us and try to balance one mic or something off of it because that's all we had working and record into this app. Like it was in so insane, the setup that we did, did we for that. Did we do it in, in an app? Yeah, we did it in the road app. We didn't even do it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot how I set it up. Yeah, it was not great. We didn't have an actual microphone. I knew that the next next, week. the next week we like all of a sudden we had a setup, and I was yeah. like, "What the hell happened?" Because Bobby listened to it and he's like, "This is crap." <laughs> Which now, if you go back to listen to the first one, you're like, "Ooh, don't do it, guys." Well, yeah. unless you haven't done it, but yeah. if you're listening to this one, you probably have. Yeah. So uh, I refer people to my FASD one. Oh, that's good. Because when they say something like, "Oh my gosh, how does that?" Like, mm-hmm. how does that? The like, you want to snapshot in my brain. Yeah. As I listen to that one, you'll know exactly where awesome. I am because that's the truth. This is, mm-hmm. I was raw in yeah. that one. Like it was, I want to get back to that a little bit more. I feel mm-hmm. like I liked it when it was raw and gritty and ugly. Mm-hmm. And so I, we're going to have some episodes where I'm crying a lot more. <laughs> Yay. Although I did a pretty good cry count. I mean, I think if we took an average of how many times I've cried, even though there's episodes where I didn't cry, I still think the average is like two an episode. Oh, <laughs> like, I would go three. There was because no, are we factoring quickies as episodes or not episodes? Oh, there's been some yeah. ugly cry quickies. <laughs> so okay, well no, but there's a lot of quickies. So if we're counting the quickies, then I still think it would be two because there's a lot of quickies. <laughs> That's a I lot of crying cry. though, Patty. <laughs> it's a lot of crying. There's a lot of cr- I cry yeah. a lot. That hasn't changed. I no. cried on my way over here, knowing this was our last day. And that this was gonna be it. And I'm <laughs> Don't cry. It's gonna be okay. The podcast is gonna go on. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. You have a lot of great ideas, great um, guests lined up. Uh, even ones that we that. were negotiating. It's gonna be fine. Oh, it will. I'm not doubting it won't. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be different. And I like what we had. <laughs> and I totally get and respect yeah. that this is change is good though. Is it? Is yeah. it always? No, it is. Yeah. I respect and appreciate that. You recognize what this podcast means to me mm-hmm. and realizing it doesn't mean that to you that you step down versus keeping it going and then it going to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In reality, no. like it hasn't gone to shit. No. I appreciate it. It hasn't gone to shit because now I can continue. Yeah. Making it the worthwhile podcast that it is. Yeah. You know, it's a good podcast. I really am proud mm-hmm. of what we do here. 
And so I'm glad that I can still be proud of what we do here. Yeah, of course. And so thank you for bowing out gracefully versus <laughs> torching the place. <laughs> exactly. Like two middle fingers up in the air like, bye, bitches. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. And I know that she, I, I truly believe it was a good decision for the Dragolesco family. Like it really was. Like well, it really was a good decision for mm-hmm. you and your family. You and still we can't get my name right. So <laughs> Dragolesco. You said Dragolesco on there. You have to go back and listen. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> um, I really think it was a good decision yeah. for you guys. Yeah. And I think that we were also starting to change in terms of where career paths were going. Completely. And like, what we wanted. Because the next question is, how was your year of comedy in doing this podcast? It was the same. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow, but I didn't really. I mean, I grew. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. I did grow. I grew in my comedy, but I also realized there are so many other aspects of creativity that I want to pursue. Yeah. And stand-up may not be it. Yeah. Comedy is. Mm-hmm. I think comedy always is. I think people heal through comedy when they can laugh yeah. at this stuff, which is the reason what, what I want to keep bringing to this podcast mm-hmm. is the laughter and the crazy life that we leave, live. But stand-up itself, I'm realizing I don't have the time to put the effort in to make it yeah. what it really needs to be. And because of that, it's like, I don't want to do com- stand-up half-ass. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that com- comedian that doesn't work on their stuff. I don't want to like, be that comedian that lives from open mic to open mic without writing, without yeah. actually doing the analysis of comedy that needs to be done to make stand-up good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to reconsider that kind of stuff. So in that sense, we are going different, different paths. Yeah. And your path is definitely Yeah, I want to embrace stand-up more because what I found is I love it even more than I thought before and even though I had these crazy months it was like I really enjoyed performing all those times I enjoyed all the comedians I met I enjoyed producing my own shows and for me stand-up has become such a large priority of where I want my comedy to be I still love improv we were just talking earlier about oh, all the improv I, I want to do improv improv allows me to have mm-hmm. that comedian yeah instant creativity without work even yeah. though it's tons <laughs> of work that's what's so weird about it is that yeah. like you need to work on it yeah it's a but different it's, kind of work. But it's work you can't do at home. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like what I what I put into it yeah. is what I can put out of it. It's not like I can yeah. sit there and write or sit there. And, so in that sense, it's a way, it's a good form of, for me to work mm-hmm. on because I know I can yeah. I can do it these three hours of the week because yeah. I schedule time for those three hours of the week and it's outside the house. Yeah. It's when it's inside the house, it's like, rah, what do you yeah. do? But yeah, I found out I love that. And there, you know, I keep saying I'm going to take a voiceover class, but I'll wait on that one. <laughs> and I start mine longer. next week. Oh, nice. Are you taking the one, two, three, or are you taking level two of Kalman's? Um, I'm taking voice caster, which is, I voice think, caster. what you thought was one, two, three. Oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I'm taking voice casters, uh, level two, because mm-hmm. they let me go th- to level two, because I already took the level nice. one at Camelson and Camelson. I don't think I say that right. Anyways. I think it's Kalman. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't say it right. Um, anyways. So I'm taking level two mm-hmm. there because nice. I realized that that kind of performing and acting is what I kind of miss too. Mm-hmm. And I get that in improv. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to miss, which maybe the podcast will make me not miss it if I do. I'm not quitting stand-up, but like taking a little bit back to the stand-up because I love the authenticity yeah. of stand-up. Well, you're still doing me. your open mic hosting, right? Yes. Yeah, so, Yeah. But I'm hoping also that doesn't become, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know because if I'm still doing the open mic, I don't like living open mic to open mic. So yeah. I'm going to have to figure out a day to keep writing. And if I'm writing and doing the open <laughs> mic, then why the hell am I doing it if I'm not like doing shows? Yeah. So it's kind of like I still, I think I may still have the goal of two shows a month. Yeah. 
and still do that kind of stuff and then maybe add an improv show in there mm-hmm. because I love performing the improv too yeah. and then the podcast and I think that's and then hopefully the voiceover is where I think the acting is coming in and the money like yeah. that's where I think the money's going to come mm-hmm. in where I can ha- make like, enough money through voiceover to pay for all the acting classes and all these other kind of stuff that I want to do so well good luck I mean that's the I'm, I'm picking like the worst path for money but it's okay <laughs> which is interesting because you gave up a lot more you risked a lot more yeah but it feels okay like i i I don't know you made the right choice yeah i mean i remember we talked about andrea mills that woman i fall in line i was watching one of her old episodes and i actually bought a couple of these books that she recommended in it but she kind of was making a point that i didn't realize at the time but is very much true like she was working while she had some of her first couple kids and she's like i was working But for what? To pay for daycare, to pay now to have to go out to eat, to pay for the gas that's going to take to go back and forth, to pay for this and that. And she's like, so I was working for what profit? And so it becomes a question of how profitable is your life in certain areas? So by making my kids all their meals, their lunches for school, granted, they got free lunches anyways, but they never ate them. And then, you know, being able to come home and and make dinner. If I take five people out to dinner, even if we go to McDonald's now, it's like a $45 meal. It's expensive. Yeah. Last night I made my kids soup, uh, chicken noodle soup from scratch. And all in all, everything cost me with the ingredients about $28. But that's three meals I've got out of it. Yeah. So when you look at that, you're like, that's seven bucks now for five people. So I'm. It's like $2 a person. Yeah. And that's rounding up. Yeah, and we we sold our second car because we don't need it. I wasn't driving to work all the time. Bobby didn't need to have a car around the home. Are there days that it gets a little confusing and maybe one of us has to take a lift or we have to run a car for a couple days? Sure, but in the span of a month, I'm spending what, like maybe 50 to $60 on alternative, you know, uh, needs where before I was spending easily with that car. Well, the car itself still had a payment on it before we sold it, which was 250 a month. The insurance was another 75. Yeah. And then gas on it was 100 a week. So I'm in my mind, I'm saving all this extra money. Like that's what I was working for was to pay for all these extra things. So it's been really nice to step away from a job that was a pretty high paying job and go, you know what i was working to maintain that job and yeah. now i'm not working and we're fine so i i think i ultimately i go i think i made the right choice i totally think you made the right choice yeah. and you're doing what you love it may yeah. not make a lot of money but you're doing what you love and when you're doing that you're a better person which yeah. makes you a better wife and a better mother mm-hmm. and a happier person yeah because i would come home from work and i would hate it like be like just feed the kids whatever you know we would spend like a hundred bucks on a meal because we would get takeout and with all the other stuff and i'm like the fuck am I doing? And it's like, yeah. this is ridiculous. That's a week of groceries. It's always with the math. Is it worth the money? Which is the easy part. Yeah. Like, you know, you can do the numbers and find out if it is or not. Yeah. But then you have to do the part. Like, is it worth you being away from your family? Mm-hmm. Is it adding to the family or taking away from the family? And then, and then you, is it adding to you or taking away from you? Like yeah. voiceover won't pay our mortgage. Well, maybe it will, but <laughs> it won't in the beginning. Like yeah. all I really needed to do is for me to be able to take more acting classes and more, you know, classes in general. Yeah. All I needed to do is for it to pay for all the classes I want to take. Sure. To help better then, yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because that that's what makes me happy. It makes knowing that I am working towards this craft of being a better comedian. Comedian. Yeah. Sure. And comedian in all forms for me, you know, yeah. which is all forms for you too. But I'm just, I think, yeah, you have to do that math and realize is it is it profitable yeah. in time and money? Yeah. 
for your family. And if it isn't, then it isn't. And for you. I mean, yeah. you have to have joy in it and, and happiness and like. Yeah. And that happier. was something that was not happening. There was no joy in my last job. Not that the people weren't nice. Not that the work wasn't great. It just, it wasn't there for me. I just was not there as a person. Like it was not what I wanted. And, you know, it's very funny because at the time I started to really get dedicated to stand up, I had a job offer to go to Florida. And I remember that. And you did not want to do it. I did not. And uh, it was a great offer. And right now I'd be living in a five bedroom house with a pool and having all this money. And I would never see my kids. And I would be stressed all the time. I'd be flying and everywhere. It, it wouldn't be good for you. Yeah. It wouldn't be good for you and no. Bobby's marriage. No. And it wouldn't be good for the kids. No. So it's a no. It no. doesn't matter how much money it is. It's not going to be good for the mental well-being yeah. of your family. So. I mean, family first. And I keep, I I think the people at my job job mm -hmm. think I'm crazy sometimes. <laughs> because I'm like, the, why don't you work five days? Like, you're good at this. And they, yeah. they're willing to give it to you. And I'm like, family first. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I was like, I had five IEPs last yeah. week. Yeah. I was like, I had to prep for those IEPs. I had to be there for them. I then had to be there with them going to school. I was like, this doesn't work. Yeah. And I have a special needs kid who's getting 30 hours of therapy every single week. Yeah. I can't expect my husband to do that because he works nights. And then he mm -hmm. works nights. So it's like, how? Yeah. It's like, no, family first. Like, family has to be first. You have to do it. And I think you and I held that true. And I really yeah. appreciated that about you. Of We had, I mean, we talked, we joked about it, but that long text message of like, bam, 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 that first yeah. time when we really decided that we were going to do this and writing. Mm -hmm. That it's like family's first yeah. and foremost. And then we just need to be open and honest with each other in yeah. communication. If you're running late because something crazy at home happened, great. Yeah, Tell I me was... so that I can <laughs> know, so that I can give you the grace that you need yeah. because of it. You know, like let Just me know so everybody knows I ran late today because I totally forgot we were recording because I'm so lethargic and exhausted from this stupid elimination diet craziness going on. And I was literally in bed. I'm in my PJs right now. Because I was in bed with going like, I'm tired, Bobby. Every day, I'm up so early doing the dishes, feeding the kids breakfast, making them breakfast and making them lunch and then taking them to school. Like, maybe I would like to sleep in bed while, you know, like in this all pissy thing. And I wrap up. And I'm like, I'm going back to sleep. And I'm like pulling everything over. And he's like, hey, an alert just popped up that you have Mother Effin podcast to record today. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I do, and I gotta go. But I was so mad about that. Ugh, not that I'm mad about being here. I'm glad to be here with you. But I was so mad that like I had bundled myself up, and then he decided to drop that. And I'm like, you're an a hole. <laughs> oh, it's hard when you want something and then something else happens. You're like, yeah. Uh. Anyways, <laughs> it's good been good. It'll be different. It would. It's, but it's gonna, gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I have great things. I'm doing great things, and you're doing great things. Yeah. And we will have you back to do an update. Sure. You know, just I'll be to, glad to. We, I mean, we're going to want to know where Bella is and where Tony is and where Anna is. And I may know, but I'm pretty sure other people <laughs> will want to know. Want to know of what's going on. But it's been a good run. Yeah. You'll be missed. I'll miss not you forgotten. too. No, you already said you're going to talk shit about me for the first few episodes. So mm. look forward to that. <laughs> That's me. definitely one whole quickie for sure. <laughs> Great things are going to happen. Yep. And they'll continue to happen. So to all the listeners out there, I'll uh, I'll see you around. The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at Mother Effin Podcast. 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com.